0: And I had to let him just cut him off, go, you go do you. This is about me and my empowerment and my victim being healed and me owning all the ways that I'm still insecure, all the ways that I'm still angry as a woman, all the ways that I have no idea how to love another person because I don't love myself.
1: Welcome to Mother Birth. I'm your host, Melissa Reeves, and I'm a holistic coach, doula, and healer. Join me and inspiring guests as we share the stories, wisdom, and transformation of motherhood and invite you to step courageously down the path of your own birth as a mother. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show today. Um, It's me, Melissa, here, and I am with a friend from Nashville who is someone we've actually had on the show before. I think this is our first Second interview that we've done here on Mother Birth and Uh, Krista Black-Gifford is our guest today. She shared her story with us in episode 30 called Grieving Goldie, and that was the story of her child that was born unexpectedly with anencephaly and everything that ensued in her grief and healing journey after that, which is a big part of, I think, what we're going to talk about today as well, because um, the, the moments that we experience in our lives that really bring us to the ends and edges of ourselves are so, so deeply connected to the healing that we allow ourselves to go into and allow ourselves to experience. So Krista, maybe you can fill us in a little bit on what has happened since that conversation. I think we had that conversation. um, It would have been over a year ago because it was before I came to Nashville and actually met you in person. Um, So, so yeah, fill us in a little on, on what's transpired in the last year and a half.
0: Well, first of all, I feel so honored that I'm the first second guest, like know, the first right? repeat <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel good. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And I do love that we got to meet each other finally and that our husbands mm-hmm. are friends, which is really cool. It's always cool when you can get with people and you all gel because sometimes that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's so true. Yes. Well, yeah, a lot has happened in my life. Um I continue to die more and more every day which is wonderful mm-hmm. the old illusion Krista that um I'm a 3 on the enneagram so I'm performer achiever and I had built this whole um uh, illusion honestly around who I needed to who I thought I needed to project into the world in order to make a living and to be liked and loved and mm. um So I've just been slowly more and more deconstructing all of that illusion that I built on top of myself and um, in the process of that, just really stepped away from the work that I was doing and now I'm just working with women. Um, I run women's circles around the world and teaching women how to bleed consciously and the energy of their bodies and their womb space. And even if they don't have a womb, they have an energetic womb. And I love mm-hmm. teaching women about that and their cyclical nature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of this year has been about the last two years actually were so wonderful for me because, you know, the last time I was on here, I was talking about the death of my daughter, Goldie and, mm-hmm. and the pain of that, but also the gift Um, which sounds so strange that you can see it as that, but that's how I choose to see everything in life that I will look for the gold in it. And a couple of years ago, my husband of 10 years, our marriage, I thought was fine. Mm -hmm. And, um, and after our 10 year wedding anniversary, he left and said, I'm done with this. And at the time, of course, You feel every bit of the betrayal in your body. I had three small children, um, single momming it, you know, 12 out of 14 days a week. Um, Every fear, every insecurity that I've ever had in my life, you know, I'm 40. Is anybody going to want me anymore? My boobs are sucked dry after nursing for four years. All the things, all the things. And um, it was such a gift because I believe that sometimes we erect these shells around us that are so hard from trauma and from pain in our past that sometimes it takes a betrayal coming in from behind or a bomb blowing up some of those shells so that we finally feel what's been in our nervous system the whole time.
1: Right.
0: So when Luke left me, He didn't cause the feelings of betrayal. He didn't cause the feelings of abandonment, of inadequacy, of low self-worth. Those had been in me since childhood. Mm -hmm. I had been locked in a closet and sexually abused as a kid. So that level of terror had been in my nervous system my whole life.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that level of abandonment and that level of not being loved, it had been in me. And so the gift of Luke leaving me, that's what I like to call it, not the victimization. The gift of him leaving me flooded my nervous system with everything over the 40 years of my life that I refused to feel. I didn't know how to feel. I had denied those feelings for so long, kept going, kept going, kept going. You know, let's just keep on keeping on as we do as women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was forced to feel everything that I needed to feel for the purpose of release. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would partner with those feelings when, especially the first couple months that he left, it was, how do I fully let this in my nervous system? The tremors, you know, I, I studied trauma a lot and, and Dr. Peter Levine, he's my favorite. There's a book called he's, he's genius. And he always talks about in trauma, your body shakes, it needs to shake. And if you look at animals Mm -hmm. in the wild, you know, the, the zebra or whatever who gets away from the lion will go through this full shake. Yeah. And then, you know, they're not at the watering hole the next day and their dysfunction, like I'm so traumatized. I'm so scared. They literally clear it out of their system
1: Yeah,
0: and our brains are different. And of course it's layered, but allowing those cycles in our body to release what needs to be released. What's been in us. Sometimes it's generational pain. Sometimes it's lineage pain and it doesn't even originate with you as a woman. Mm-hmm but partnering with that. So Luke and I we took it was 9 months of separation and he went off and did his deep shadow work. He had been hit by a truck when he was 7 years old and truly was stuck and you know we have fight flight or freeze and his brain was stuck in freeze. Mm-hmm. And so he went off to confront his shadow, I went off to confront my deep darkness and then you know without any any assurance that our marriage would get back together. He assured me it was over, but we both did the work to where when we came back together, we were completely different people mm-hmm. and our families different. Our children are different. Our atmospheres. I'm different as a woman. He's completely different as a man. So we've been doing the inner work of letting all the old pain die and, yeah. our, you know, we continue to do that work. <laughs> it's not completed yet. But yeah, was I-
1: part of that process for you was part of that process letting him go. Oh, I, I mean, did you maintain hope throughout that separation that you would get back together or was, you know, this this dying that you describe this um, you know, deep deep surrender to what has always been there that this is just bringing to the surface? Did you feel like you had to just let him go? It was
0: both and um okay. I am very you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I I believe that you can hear and see. I believe that there's directives from heaven every day, um, from creator, from source, from universe, whatever you want to call it. And I had clues. The, the thing that made me hold on was in the beginning when he left, when I wanted to die. And I wanted him to just divorce me so that the pain would be done and I could move on. I heard an audible voice say, Your marriage isn't over. And I was cussing at the sky, you know, throwing Mm -hmm. middle fingers out, going, No, I just want it to be over. Because for me to hear that in my bones at that point in time, in the very beginning, meant I couldn't just move on. Now, I heard that there was confirmation from people, things would, weird things would happen. People would come to me who I didn't know who were like, I just, this is weird, but I just feel like uh, your relationship's not over. And I wouldn't know them. You know, they didn't know what I was going through. So there was all these weird things that happened. However, I had to completely let go of that, even that, and mm-hmm. um, surrender. Because if I clung to him, I was refusing to let the whole process of death happen. And we were both needing to die. So, I just kind of turned away from him. It was like, you do you, boo, you know. Once I got out of that victim mindset of you're doing this to me, how could you be doing this to our family and realize, hey, if you're doing this, I helped co-create this mess. And people get so angry when I say that because mm-hmm. we we love our victim story. I didn't do the amount of women who got on my Instagram account and said I didn't do anything to right. <laughs> drive my husband away or drive my boyfriend away or drive my partner away and the infidelity and the cheating, I always just think, oh my God, you, you have no idea as a woman because there's percentages in things. And no, I am not responsible for his actions, but I right. am responsible for my woundedness. And I had to let him just cut him off, go, you go do you. This is about me and my yeah. empowerment And my victim being healed and me owning all the ways that I'm still insecure, all the ways that I'm still angry as a woman, all the ways that I have no idea how to love another person because I don't love myself. And I refused to be a victim of the circumstance. And honestly, I think that's why my story is the way that it was because we both were that way. Now, it's not meant to be that way for everybody. I truly mean this. I I believe some relationships are meant to, to end. Mm -hmm. Um, I a hundred percent believe that, but my story, this was my story and I refused to be a victim. And I, and in doing that, had to let him, let him go, you go do you. (laughs) Well,
1: and I love too, how you said that, um, you, you just had to like realize (laughs) for, for you to be like doing this, like there's, there's stuff there. It's not like you just randomly woke up one day, you know, there's, this is coming from an environment and, and Mm -hmm. that allows you to both, you know, acknowledge what is there and how you have co-created that. And then also allows you to, to, to separate yourself from the, from what's happening. And, and that's something, so you, you know, you mentioned Peter Levine and, and I love him as well. And, And in his book, Forgive for Good, he talks about, what you know these victim stories that we create and Mm. he says that one of the you know one of the ways that we create a victim story is by taking something too personally and that on the on the surface level sounds really basic or maybe even dismissive but really what he's saying and what he later later goes on to say is that when we are wounded when we are hurt we have to actually find a way to take it both personally which means not disconnecting from our pain and not you know putting this experience on a shelf and saying, you know, that that didn't happen and taking it not too personally, like realizing that Mm -hmm. what's going on for this other person is, is about them and their journey, not about me. And, and so much of what we metabolize from the experiences in our relationships. And you've described as well, like, you know, trauma from early childhood, which I have experienced as well. And it's very easy to take those experiences and to to um, project like what the person who legitimately harmed us like what their um, what it was about for them. And the reality mm-hmm. is is it is rarely about us. That's true. you know it's about what is going on for that person which doesn't it doesn't diminish the harm, but it right. allows us to to separate what that harm are worth. About.
0: Yes. To have a bit more understanding. Yeah. And compassion, you can only have compassion for something if there is understanding. And so when we keep the finger pointed at the other person and refuse to point the finger back at ourselves and go, what is my ownership and the breakdown of this relationship? Mm -hmm. Then there's no compassion for their little wounded child that's trying to heal. And you can't have any understanding and there can't be any forgiveness. And I work with so many women who they they come to me because they're ready to break the cycle you know and as a whole as women what i see is that we are collectively trying to break the victim energy That Mm -hmm. we have been forced to be in for centuries. I mean, the collective pain that we feel as women being diminished, raped, we've only had the vote for less than 100 years. Mm -hmm. You know, watching, um, what was the movie? Um, The Basis of Sex with Ruth Mm -hmm. Bader Ginsburg. I mean, just in the last like 50 years, our constitution even had bias about what we could even constitutionally do workwise as women and how the constitution worked for the equality of the sexes. We feel that in our bodies. Mm. And so that victim in us, you know, I love the Me Too movement because it's given women a voice of ownership of this happened to me, but I think that it can be dangerous if it stays there. Mm-hmm. Because when we stay in the you know women we gather around drama we gather around our own woundedness mm-hmm. and when we gather around our own woundedness for the for the sake of staying in those wounded cycles the whole you know race of women we all suffer but when we gather around our collective woundedness to go me too now what right yeah. Something shifts and we all collectively rise. It can start with, you know, I leave 450 women in my women's circle. And I'm like, do you realize us as 450 women gathering, we can change the world. When women gather around their pain for the purpose of transmuting that pain, that's what we do inside of our bodies. I mean, just like at our bleeds, we, we literally die. We, in our bodies, we die and come back to life every single month. <laughs> know. It's amazing.
1: It's <laughs> amazing. And, and it's, a am- has so like the implications of that for our entire, our entire being is so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful. And one of my spiritual teachers um, has something that she has taught me is that, you know, in as, as a woman, you know, cause I do really similar work to you. And as, as a woman who ends up you know, holding the stories and creating and holding space for others who have, who are exploring this and maybe in some cases sharing their stories for the first time or sharing them in a new way or sharing them in a new context. Mm-hmm. So allowing, like you said, with, with the, um, with the stories, you know, with the, with the me too, but now what, right? So she says, we can allow this thing that is being shared, this thing that is this person's experience to be both their highest truth and completely transformable. Like it's, both. Mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, oh, that's completely true. And that's all there is. And it's not like, okay, get over it, get over it. Like what's, you know, it's right, both. Right.
0: Like, it's spiritual bypassing.
1: Oh, I'm not. Totally. Right. It's, <laughs> this is your highest truth. Like the the validity Mm -hmm. of that experience and of the, the pain, the harm, the trauma, the damage, you know, however, whatever ways we describe that. And it is something completely transformable.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. So good.
1: It's, and, and it, you know, when you, when you see your own experiences that way, like we all, we all want to sit, right. We all want to sit in the, like the, in the mire of our, of our stories. And I, and I really do think that there's a time for that. Like there's a time for just being with what I is and it. what has been and it. for sorrow and for grief and for the resentment and the blame and all of the stuff that comes with that. And then there's a time to like, to see what
0: else can be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, I needed the, um, I needed the poor me, poor me months. Yes. I needed them. I needed the deep grief, the loss, the um, the feelings of abandonment. You know, Luke and I call it, my husband and I, we call it spiritual bypassing where you, you know, we come from Christian culture. culture. We were both raised as pastor's kids. And so you bypass what you actually are in order to be what you think mm-hmm. you should be. You know, oh, I do forgive them. Oh, BS, you hate mm-hmm. them, you know? So there's this, beauty in the ownership of i am full of hatred you know and let me sit with that let me own that is mine i am full of betrayal it's it's in me and we're all in parts and the thing is when we're in full and something else we can be in fullness of love in the in another mm-hmm. breath you know so it's the ownership of what we are in the moment that actually i think is the transformative quality to release some of that, just a little bit more of that emotional energy. It's when I go, um, I don't feel betrayed. Mm -hmm. This was all for my good. You know, it's the both and it's, I, I'm at my deepest core in my betrayal, Mm -hmm. but this is somehow for me. You know, it's in that tension of the darkness. It's when you're in hell and you're going, I don't know, where it is but inside of hell are the keys of my transformation and that's what i found i i like hell you know everybody's talking about the divine feminine rising and i saw a meme on the internet the other day and they were like no the divine feminine is descending which i totally agree with because feminine is all about the darkness and death and being okay with that season of winter knowing that it's how spring actually rises you have to have yeah yeah. and
1: and within that in that you know metaphor and it's far more than a metaphor but the spring actually depends on the depth of winter like if the winter is not sufficient Mm -hmm. the spring will be stagnant and dull you know if there wasn't deep if -hmm. there wasn't enough snow cover if the winter wasn't long enough if there wasn't enough you know cold and death and and you know discomfort, really, Um, the spring Mm -hmm. doesn't have the same potential. And that's something that I think as we, as women, and that's, you know, really what I, what I want to explore with you is, is what it looks like to, to really not just accept, but to embrace this aspect of ourselves as women Mm -hmm. and see it not as a limitation, but our actual source of potential, our source of, of creativity, our source of ability to, to show up in the world in the way that we are designed. And I, and I love, too, that image of the divine feminine descending. Um, and I also like to say, you know, the divine feminine has, has been here all along new. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not like our discovery. (laughs) We did you know, we're not manifesting it or making it happen or calling it into being. I mean, we do, we do certainly channel it and choose to channel it ourselves, but it has always been here. It, it is, it is like accessible and has been accessible to not just women. I mean, as, as you know, like this is not about male and female. This Mm -hmm. is about these, these, polar
0: energies and and what they offer to humanity Mm -hmm. one one of my teachers if if you're into this stuff have you read healing power of the sacred woman by dr christine page
1: no i haven't read that one
0: every woman i know needs to read this book um i interviewed her for my podcast and um i i went and spent some time with her she's one of my teachers and she really goes into the history of women and the divine feminine and the patriarchal society and where it came to pass and it's interesting how you said you know the divine feminine it's not something new isn't that the ultimate feminine trait being okay with not being seen i mean the feminine is all about be yeah the masculine is about Go, the feminine is about flow. The masculine is about do, the feminine is about be. Mm. And isn't it the ultimate feminine trait to be okay with the fact that it hasn't been seen mm-hmm. for, you know, for 3,500 years? And what Dr. Christine Page talks about is, you know before we had the rise of the patriarchal society, which the masculine, if you just look at the penis, it's all about thrust penetrative it's linear it's straight you know let's it's competitive let's let's do this let's go towards what we want the feminine if you look at the vaginal cavity it's all about softness receiving mm-hmm. the greater um, you're surrendered in the moment is the greater your feminine orgasm your vaginal orgasm it's about being that magnet of attraction allowing things to come to you attracting the world to you right. and deep pleasure And she talks about, um, you know, 3,500 years ago when the patriarchal society really started cutting off the the idea of the divine feminine and demonizing it and how everything became about masculine expansion and war. And, um, you know, when society was a egalitarian society, which is what I'm talking about. I don't want women to lead. I want women and men to have an egalitarian society, which Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're getting toward. Not just patriarchal, not just matriarchal, egalitarian, but when women were in an egalitarian role historically, um, they've, you know, in architecture and all these digs and finding the statues, they found that there weren't even weapons for war Mm -hmm. that, When the patriarchal came to power, the patriarchy, it's like, let's do this. Let's conquer. Um, We demonize women. We've been cut off from our bodies, our sacred temples that are actually, we're the energy healers of the world. Our bleeds are so powerful every 28 to 34 days or whatever we actually clear the energy of ourselves, our emotional energy as we go into the darkness. And this is what she teaches women to do. And what I teach women to do, which I think is crucial to us healing Mm -hmm. is stop seeing our bleeds as the curse of femininity and learn why we've been giving this superpower in the first place. It's not a limitation. It isn't. It is not. And the, the, you know, the stories in my circle of these women who they're moving into the three-day ritual, moon ritual, when the dark moon happens and they're bleeding unconscious or they're bleeding consciously and they're releasing for their husband and they're releasing for their children and they're releasing for their community and for themselves and their PMS is going away yeah, and their bodies are healing and their bleeds are less intense. And all the PMS that we get from resisting Our differences as women—we are different than men. When we stop resisting that and embrace it and work with it, all of a sudden we're in flow. Yeah, and here's—and I'll share something
1: that's that has been unexpected for me on this journey. Um, that is something that I've been reflecting a lot on just recently is that as I have conti- like continually aligned more and more with these energies that you're talking about. So really, really allowing myself to, to be present with, with my bleed, I, I call it my, I call it my moon and, mm-hmm. and allowing that, that inner season of winter to be fully, fully expressed and fully experienced. And mm-hmm. allowing the the inward energy and the sort of almost withdrawal and not withdrawal as in like nobody talk to me you know <laughs> but more of yeah. like, uh, just an inward focus on my my own my own journey my own healing and really specifically like you said the energy of of shedding of releasing of surrendering because that's what's happening while our body mm-hmm. is cleansing itself and and has that ability to to um, Facilitate that on all these different layers of who we are. And so as I have gone further and deeper into that work and and really allowing that, um, I have found myself certainly to have, um, like you said, less intense periods, but I actually bleed more. And I believe more too, especially releasing more. It makes so much Mm -hmm. sense because if you're allowing, if you're on all of these different layers, allowing yourself to actually cleanse, to actually surrender, to actually release what needs to go, to you know releasing what is old to make room for what is new. It makes sense that you would actually release more. My womb is
0: clearing Mm -hmm. itself out. We did a marriage intensive. During, I will never do this again. I usually plan all of my things around my bleed, and I I'm really careful about my moon time. I I don't, I I try not to schedule things. But it felt Mm -hmm. that we had a marriage intensive, and I bled so heavy for so many days because I was clearing the energy of all of the women in the room. I could feel it. I'm I was the facilitator. Let's hold this space for Mm -hmm. you, and I could feel myself. In that in that blood, there's life in the blood. There's death in the blood. What needs to die in us collectively, and it is a female superpower. I'm on a mission to teach every woman in the world how to bleed consciously. I I, I guarantee yeah. you, the planet will heal when we when we bleed in a healing manner. <laughs> well, we are
1: we are on the same mission, girl. <laughs> Yeah. The, other thing, the other thing about the um, and this is like I, I told some friends this the other night and that, and a couple of the guys were like okay TMI but I also ovulate so much more copious like in terms of my my yeah. you know my cervical mucus I, I am it. like I like need to use protection I, I can't even yeah. like I can't even it's it's like an overflow I am like um <laughs> like you know and if you think about it on that on that physical level I am a super Highway for sperm, you know, which means on as that manifests throughout my being that I am like I am taking in, I am attracting, I am, I am ready to receive what it is that I say I want. Like
0: it's it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And what if, you know, because everybody's manifesting these days and it's all about the law of attraction and the manifest and I get it, but so much of the teaching has been in the Mm -hmm. masculine. And we can't manifest like men. We're not meant to. It's not in our bodies. It's not in our nature to consistently every day manifest the life we want, meaning it's constant production and constant growth and glory to glory. It's not how we operate. And so I'm very intentional. You know, I just ovulated today. And when you hit that 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 day mark, that your body, you know, drops the egg and your weight, your libido goes up because you become a magnet, a magnet going, I need something to be drawn to me to fertilize this mm-hmm. egg in the physical, but also the dream, the dream that's in me. And we, if we look at our eggs as every month, I have a dream, a possibility. You know, when you were an infant, you had 2 million eggs. And then by the time you reach puberty, it's down to about 200,000 in each, you know, in each side. Well, if we look at each egg that drops, every woman has between, it's like 420 to 40 something bleeds in her lifetime. And if we look at that and go, I am here on the planet to actually birth something to life every month, a new idea, a new dream. And then in ovulation days, like you said, you're a super highway for not just sperm, but for attraction. I do podcasts in my, you know, I learned this from Christine. (laughs) She was like, this is the time of manifestation where you're bringing in people to fertilize your dream and your networking. And how can we get this out more? And how can this, you know, message or my love or my, you know my mission in life that's when that happens and then after days 18 19 i'll go back into the mother phase which is more i need to nurture myself i'm preparing myself for death going back into the new moon which is the crone which is the winter which is death and then it goes back again then i move into my virginal energy the first you know after my period till days 14 and it's this beautiful cycle where we learn to manifest with the wisdom of our bodies as opposed to let I me mean, just manifest all the time which is everywhere mm-hmm. it's it drives me nuts it's like let's manifest in our masculine no we've got to learn to manifest and to work like girls that's going to be my next course next year work like a girl, girl. that's awesome
1: <laughs> well something too that i think is really powerful about the cycle and and really really interesting to explore is that the first half of the cycle so that you know the the uh, follicular phase after we menstruate and then the ovulatory yeah. phase which you know call those inner spring and inner summer they have this like they they are characterized by attributes that are well received and well praised in society you know so we're we're more social we're more outgoing yes. we're more you know, productive, we're more flirtatious, we're more sensual, like all of these things that are associated with the feminine to some extent, and some, some associated with the masculine, but all traits that are, that are well, they're praised in society. Like that's how we want women to show up. Right. And, and so women are very naturally inclined to, to show up in those ways and then to continually push themselves throughout their cycle to, to maintain those energies because those Mm -hmm. are the energies that are getting them places in, in a system that is designed for men, which it's not that the system is bad. It's just that it's not designed for women. (laughs) Like that's, that's my whole thing. It's like, it's not, it's not like get to the back of the line, man, like abolish everything that exists. It's like, let's make space for both. Like they're, There is so much room and so much potential and so much that needs to get done. And we need both of these things. So, you know, this first half of the cycle has these really well, you know, well-liked attributes by, you know, mainstream modern society. And then we move into the darker half of the cycle that is like women experience so much shame, so much secrecy, so much isolation, so much, you know, internal, um, you know, resentment towards themselves and, and feel that limitation, right? Like the, you know, the, the luteal phase is characterized by PMS symptoms. And, you know, everyone just knows that women are a bitch during that time and that's just how it is. And then, you know, and then we move into our menstrual phase and, and who likes that? Like that's, that's just you know, the, the thing that we're all trying to transcend in our society. Right. So these are the, this is the half of the mm-hmm. cycle that is, um, so demonized certainly and 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 as as there's more conversation and dialogue in culture you know that has has on the surface um faded to some extent but but on a deeper level it's still there and that's still how women feel they still feel like this is the part of me I can't show up with this is the part of me that's not good enough this is the part of me yeah. that's a limitation this is the part of me I have to endure tolerate and if I'm lucky enough I will actually like transcend it right and the reality is mm-hmm. that this is the half of the cycle where we are our most powerful, where we are most connected to yeah. our own inner guidance system, to our ability to actually go in and and gather what we need to allow the death of winter and then the beautiful rebirth of spring. And, and it, it's, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously. We- yeah. Girl, I don't, even, I don't even make meals for my family. I don't even sleep in mm-hmm. the bed with my husband. I literally because my energy, I know, and I actually believe that in the luteal phase with the you know with the mm-hmm. waning moon, when you're in that, so if you look at the three in alignment with the triple goddess, so you look at the virginal energy, you know, until you get to ovulation, and then you look at the mothering energy. I think that a lot of women, you know, you said the PMS symptoms come out in this luteal phase. I actually believe that's because women don't listen to their bodies, that they're in their mothering, nurturing phase and that they need to be nurturing themselves. And so they're pushing through, they're continuing to over nurture the world and not listening. Hey, my body is about to go into death and I'm about to go die. I'm about to move into that crone energy, which is the deep wisdom that darkness where you're in the dark and you have to be filled with something greater than yourself. So when I get to, you know, about the five days leading up to when I know I I'll be menstruating, I am in deep nurture self, more self nurture of myself. And I don't just mean get a pedicure. I mean, Mm -hmm. listening to myself, allowing myself more sleep, allowing myself not to go socialize because I don't feel like it or I need to push through and my pms symptoms they when we listen to who we're meant to be then we're not resisting who we are which i think the body the body is a huge red flag going stop so all of these system, these symptoms that come up a lot of them are symptoms mm-hmm. of resistance are yeah. going stop i'm going to bring a little bit of pain on and pissiness because you're not listening to me and that actually in my life personally in a lot of the life of the women that i work with, that fades because you're partnering with it. You're giving yourself what you need. And then when I go into my moon time, I am, I'm, we're so powerful. So I, you know, they did this in the red tent. Christine talks about this and she's the one who, you know, really helped hone this in for me, but I don't touch food because we're so powerful cleansing energy that when we prepare food. And when we're, you do not have sex in that moon time, you're literally all the energy that you're trying to clear for your husband, mm. you're putting right back in it. So i prep meals for, you know, a couple days before we get in. And then, and then it's a beautiful time for my kids to know mommy's on our moon time and they come and they, they actually mm. serve me and it's, it's beautiful. And Luke loves it. You know, it takes, it's interesting because Some of the women are like, "Oh my God, how am I going to get my husband on board with this?" I'm like, "Just wait until he sees the difference in you and the power in you." Luke's like, "When's your next moon time?" We've got some stuff to clear, (laughs) and he loves it. (laughs) It's amazing, you know. And of course, not all spouses are as weird as our spouses. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we got some good ones. But, you know, you can still you can still prep or you can eat out or you can you can know like I don't sleep in bed with Luke because I and I I don't touch him a whole lot in those days because I know I'm clearing that energy. Now, in, in olden times, they would get in a tent and they would women would do this together. And this is what I would love to see. I mean, I think it'd be awesome to have a red tent. <laughs> we all go out there. Right. Well,
1: it's beautiful to, to think about that, and even to reframe it because I think, you know, when we hear, particularly for people who come from, you know, a Christian background, like we we tend to think of that as the ostracization of women, or as mm-hmm. you know, some kind of um, punitive right. approach to you know how we, how we saw menstruation, as, you know, as a as a patriarchal society, and not that there were no elements of that in there. At, but at the same time, really being able to see that there was also a really beautiful wisdom to yeah. it—to acknowledging the the importance and significance and fruitfulness of allowing women to to not just like create space, but to to actually like push everything else aside, mm-hmm. right? And and I think for women listening to this, and this is something you know as in my work with women as well, a lot of people say, well, okay, it's not, it's not like I can't drive my kids to school while right. I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah. while I'm, menstruating. Like, you know, that we still have lives. So we still have things we have yeah. to do and, and not everyone may feel like they can't, you know, cook during, during their, you know, days leading up to their, or, you know, during their um, during their bleed, but it's, it's about really, really cultivating and, and carving out space that facilitates the energy of, of where you are in the cycle. And that Mm -hmm. is easier than it sounds, you know, easier than we think it is like, we're just not accustomed to doing it. And we don't have structures in our society and in our relationships that, that enable that, or really, normalize it. And that's, and that's why, you know, you're doing the work you're doing and I'm doing the work that I'm doing because we believe that this can be normalized and this can be facilitated and that this will be so beneficial, not just for women, but like you said, like Luke knows that really allowing this process for you to go deep and to be really really nurturing to you nurtures your family nurtures your relationship and you know nurtures your your intimacy nurtures the way you show up to your work and what you have left yeah. you know like we we have we have energetic limitations in the sense of like what there is to give and if we're constantly giving 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 to the things that don't pour back into us then we're out wow. at the end of the day mm-hmm. like
0: it's done mm-hmm. you know yeah he you know men don't have ways to clear energy and we do and so he not only loves it to see what it does for me but you know um I will come to him and go what are you ready to let go of I will stand in for both of us and release that I'll ask my kids what are you ready to let go of and um Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I go all out. I like go out in the backyard and do my whole moon ritual. I'm like bleeding on the earth and mother earth. Like I I fully go for it, but I'm not religious about it. And I, what I mean by that is that if my husband has to go work that morning and my children need me to pour the cereal, I'm not going to be like, I just can't do it. You know, it's (laughs) sorry, kid, you have to starve. Like it is, it is a. It's a beautiful thing to look at and intend but not to get crazy about it because that puts us right in the masculine striving where we have all these boxes that we have to check off and we're not listening to our feminine flow. So I want to be really clear about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that and I think that's such a great way of of, you know, explaining that and balancing that because it's it's such a big thing that comes up for women. They're just like, "Well, like I'm just I'm just supposed to like lay in bed for a week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not gonna work, you know? And, and the crazy thing is, is that another, another thing that one of my teachers has, has explored is this idea of the, you know, lots of times there are really big shifts that happen in people's life. And some examples of that would be like quitting smoking, you know, or, um, you know, making, making some big lifestyle change that that has a really tremendous visible outward effect and and we can see that that had a big effect but the really interesting thing about energetics and about you know the deep personal inner work that that we're talking about here is that there's actually this law almost like almost like the law of like homeopathy like the more subtle the change the more subtle the shift the more powerful the impact mm-hmm. right so that's the beauty of this yeah. like you could you could shift in the most subtle way towards like embracing this, this very, very central aspect of who you are in a way that might not seem like, it's not like I take two hours to meditate in the morning. Like that's, you know, most of us don't have time for that. But these very subtle shifts can be so, so, so powerful, Mm -hmm. especially when they come from you know, it's not like, well, I, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to try these 11 things and and see how it pans out. It's like when it, when it flows from that inner place of intuition, that's like, no, this is how I, this is how I need to show up to this one moment, right? Right. To one moment. And it has such a huge impact and such a huge ripple effect in, in our lives and our experiences.
0: Yeah. That's so good. I I will say that my I I can't imagine, you know, when you go through betrayal on any level. And of course, like I said, my betrayal had been in my nervous system energetically since childhood. So, you know, Luke busted open that gateway so I could feel it. And when you are when you are draining that amount of pain, you know, Eckhart Mm -hmm. totally talks about our pain body. And at first, when I would listen to him years ago, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It is literally an energetic body of pain around us as women. And I think that we have our personal energetic pain body, our ancestral pain body, you know, a lot of the things we've been carrying generation after generation because our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents didn't have the infrastructure to be able to feel something to release it. So we get to have it all, you know. And then we have the collective feminine pain body. And for me with all of those, because I am an empath and I do feel everything uh, to have something that is set that I am allowing myself to drain some of this enormity of pain that I feel as a woman, just the collective pain of women, Mm. my betrayal pain. When I have an Avenue that is, monthly. Like I look forward to it because it's an intentional dump. Like let's just offload so much of this pain body. And the more that we do it, the more that I believe the feminine pain body will decrease. We'll start to, you know, because we all feel it. We feel, we feel the collective pain of women worldwide, whether or not you're in your body or you're intuitive or you know, anything about energetics, every woman feels it. Yeah. And people always look at me, they're offended by how fast I heal. And, you know, so many people looking in off of our story last year with Luke, you know, he left, he, he was with other women. He, you know, he, he, he went deep into his shadow and they look at me and they don't think it's possible to actually release that amount of betrayal energy that, that quickly. Right, And, and it's not like you're,
1: it's not like you're saying the work's done. There's nothing left. I've like arrived. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's this idea that it should be so much work. Right. Yeah. That's what we've convinced ourselves. Like if you haven't spent seven years in therapy, then, then for you to be talking about healing. Right. Right. Exactly. How
0: could you guys be having marriage intensives like a year into you getting back together? well, we, we know what we're doing. We know how to do it the wrong way. And we, we know how to do the work in order to actually come together, you know,
1: Right, and show up to that work and all the new layers of it that, that unfold
0: a hundred percent. And the, the betrayal energy, I consciously for months after Luke left me, not even with just my bleed, it was, let me show up to drain some of this betrayal pain every day. Mm. Let me show up to consciously feel those emotions for the purpose of not denying them. It's really what, I think it's Eckhart Tolle that says this, but what re- we resist will persist. Right. I think he's the one who's coined that yeah, phrase. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's, I'm not sure of where it originates, but yeah. That's it. Yes,
0: it's been around for a long time. And he was the one who I think kind of brought it to the forefront of everybody's, oh, okay, what I resist persists. And so I would come as a woman and go, instead of just uh, riding this roller coaster of emotions that we all ride, or if you were like me, you had to shut them down, because it was so enormous, you had to live from the neck up, mm-hmm. disassociate from your body, completely go numb, just to survive the emotional pain. So. I like to come to my body and intentionally go, all right, even if I'm not feeling betrayal, let me go into the betrayal to feel it, to drain a little bit more of it. Mm -hmm. And coming to those emotions that I know are still in me, they're still in me. But instead of waiting for life to squeeze until one of them pops out, what if we go to those things in a conscious, intentional, generative way and feel in order to heal? Right. And that changed everything for me, you know, not just waiting until, and listen, sometimes things pop up. I don't want it to sound like I'm like this fairy princess living up on a golden mountain. You know, Luke's birthday was a couple of weeks ago and my, whatever needed to orchestrate this, but I happened to book us at the hotel, at the restaurant, at the hotel of, where he met one of the women and I did not consciously know that. Mm -hmm. And then that week also I got tagged in a post with one of the girls that he'd had an emotional affair with. And it was like squeeze. And this is what I see about life. If you refuse to feel, if there are things in you life cyclically will come back and squeeze on every part of you that is not reconciled to love for the purpose of exposing it so that you can release it. So now I'm not a victim of things that come against me. I realize, wow, things are squeezing to reveal what is still in me. So I can either choose to consciously feel those things and release them, or I can wait till life squeezes. Most of the time we wait till life squeezes. What if we don't have to? Right you know, it's just another way of like approaching the healing process.
1: Yeah. And and I think it needs to be said that that, <laughs> that necessitates that a person wants to be on the healing journey because, That's true. There, you know, there are undoubtedly, and I think that you and I both experience women that are in that space because they are coming to us because they are at least open to it, right? There, there are people right. that- that aren't or who are afraid, you know, who who want, who yeah. desire healing, but are are just too afraid to go there. And of course. And and it makes so much sense. And I think that you and I are both examples of women who spent a you know many years of our adult life in that place of fear, like not willing to go there. Yeah. And that it was the circumstances of life that squeezed us, that brought us to the point of like, you know, the the ends of ourselves that, you know, mm-hmm. that was a, 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 catalyst for, for that journey of, of, healing. Mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, you, I have a, a similar story to yours with a, you know, I had a full term stillbirth a few years ago. And that yeah. was, um, for me, the moment where my, you know, the first aspect of that was knowing that I, I, I could, I remember standing there in that moment, like in my mind, I was looking over the edge of a cliff and I knew I could go over it and not come back. Like I could, I go crazy Mm -hmm. and and then I also knew that that wasn't my path but I also but you know then what followed that was the process of realizing like I could be I might not go crazy but I could just go numb right so what Mm -hmm. what do I actually do like where where do I go next and I mean you know that was that was six years ago this summer so You know, and and it's been very accelerative for me in the sense that, you know, the first three years after that were it was kind of slow, painstaking growth and healing. And there was a lot of little, you know, detours and, um, you know, backtracking my steps and, you know, all of all of those things and some really gnarly times with my husband as well. I relate to so much of what so much of what you shared and and I'm just so Mm -hmm. deeply deeply moved by your story and and also so deeply inspired because i i think that um as much as people can look from the outside and say well come on like how you know how do you go from that to that that doesn't even doesn't even seem right <laughs> you know i think to a lot of people it also doesn't seem fair because if you have been in the trenches of of pain of trauma yeah. for a long time then you know it 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 doesn't feel fair it's like how how do how do I, I just want to skip a level, please, right? And and I don't think that healing right. and release is about skipping a level. I think it's about aligning with and partner. I think you used the word partnering, right? It's about partnering with what your yeah. actual healing potential is. It's not skipping a level. It's just really actually doing it the way you can do it, which is effective.
0: Yeah. And I think too, it's probably good for both of us to acknowledge the fact that you know, a lot of women, they don't have spiritual partners on mm-hmm. this healing journey with them. And both of us have men who are pursuing a, a higher consciousness spiritual path, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I work with a lot of women who I, I do know for a fact that my healing journey is much more accelerated because I have someone who does think and feel the way that I do. And there are a lot of women on this healing journey. They don't have that in a spouse. They don't have that in a partner Mm -hmm. and that it it is harder. I do believe it is harder. So I do want to acknowledge that for the women who are like, you know, how come it's not working out for me as fast or how come it's not accelerated like that? You know, when two people are on the same let's move this out of us path consciously or unconsciously it does go faster it does. and that's why I said at the beginning I actually do think that some relationships they aren't meant to survive what you what like what we went through mm-hmm. and um, there's just so many layers and so many factors and you know abuse and oh relationships are just hard (laughs) they're just they're just hard and there's no cookie cutter oh if you follow what you know what they're saying then my story will be like them no it's not right it's not always that yeah
1: so individual so individual every experience is so individual and and it's yeah i mean uh, it's so true that that sharing the path with someone can really yield an exponential (laughs) uh there it just there's so much um, synergy that that happens and and because you have each other to trigger each other's deepest (laughs) stuff you know because honestly we can live pretty pretty numb and pretty disconnected in our society I think a lot of people go a lot of years without ever even realizing what's there because they aren't putting themselves in a position where that stuff gets brought to the surface Mm -hmm. right Um, So that's another aspect of, of being in a partnership where you are, you are intentionally putting yourselves in the path of transformation together. Mm -hmm. Um, it, and it's, as you, as you have experienced as well, it's not like it's all, um, (laughs) pretty ugly sometimes, Yeah. um, Yeah, which is, which is so interesting. But I would also say to those women who are listening, who, you know, who don't feel that connection, with a partner and don't feel like that, you know, they share that desire or commitment to, you know, to healing, to transformation with that partner um, that at the same time there is while, while healing and and transformation certainly may be accelerated when you, when you join forces and intention in that way, at the same time, it really only takes one person to break a cycle. Yeah. And I think that we, we get really fixated on, wanting the other person to be right where we are. And and the truth is is even with a partner that is committed to that journey, you're still at, you know, you're still like there are times where I'm pulling him and he's pulling me. Right now my husband's pulling me. I'm just gonna be really honest. Like right now I'm facing some shit and he's like, come on, babe, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like mm-hmm. and so there it's not like we're just neck and neck every moment. Has
0: it happened since yeah. the blue moon, since May 18, I'm telling you, there is something yeah, happened with that blue moon. And everywhere I go, all of our inner victims are emerging. There is like almost chronic fatigue with the bulk of the women that I work with now. Do you feel that?
1: You know, it's really interesting that you say that. Uh, that is something to explore because, yeah, there. It, I would say it, it started right around then.
0: Yes. There, there's something I mean, collective. Started- I, I totally believe that creator uses the created cosmos. You know, if you look at the farmer's almanac and how they farm and they know, oh, the moon pulls out water into the, you know, the plants because, you know, let's, let's farm with the energy of the moon of how it pulls water, it pulls in the tide. And, and as we're 70, 80% water, I think that what the celestial bodies do in the sky is pull certain collective energies out of us that are trying to heal on a global scale. And what I saw, you know, the Tony Robbins thing was happening. There were all these things around me. It was like the victim energy, all these things were emerging. And I have to look at it because I track patterns. I'm like, there is something here, especially for women, because something's being pulled out of us at the cellular level of our inner victim for the purpose of healing. And we're exhausted Mm. right now. Yeah, so
1: that's that's (laughs) the whole conversation right there.
0: (laughs) So if you feel if you feel exhausted, if you felt exhausted since the blue moon, don't feel crazy. Maybe you're just on track.
1: (laughs) That's that's good. Thank you. (laughs) Oh man. Well, let's let's kind of wrap this up. I'd love for you to. You know, in light of everything that we've shared, and knowing that women listening to this are going to be all over the map in terms of their orientation to, you know, some women are going to be like, "Yes, this is the path I'm on." Some people are going to be like, "What are you talking about?" Other people are going to be really interested, but you know, unsure of what, like, well, how how would I even engage with this? Um, what would you say to to, uh, you know, specifically a mother because this audience is mothers who, you know, many have young children like you and I do. Um, what would you say? how would you encourage a young mother to to engage and interact with what we're talking about?
0: Mm. Well, I think first of all, just take it fully into your body right now that you're not crazy, that you're Mm. really not crazy. And the first engagement that I always want women to own is that they are spirals. And so if you start looking at your, yourself, especially mothers of young children, every day feels like, is it ever gonna end? <laughs> you know It's like mm-hmm. it's one challenge after the other, one change after the other. And if you can get a mother, especially in those those first, you know even if you're nursing or even if you don't for, for the women, I don't know if I said this or not, but women who don't have wombs, you can follow the dark moon, the new moon, and track those cycles those 28 day cycles by you know transferring the energy into water and dumping it onto the earth. So I I always want women to engage with their period with the moon first. Mm-hmm. I think that it is literally our, yeah, it's our superpower. It's at the basic level of the energetics of a woman and even if you don't understand it, if you just start maybe not resisting it when it comes. That to Mm -hmm. me is step one, you know, young mothers who are nursing and you don't have a cycle, you're still cycling energetically with the new moon every month, even Mm -hmm. if you're not bleeding because you're still nursing. So just to look, get, get an app, download the moon app, download, you know, just something where you're able to see, okay, wow, I'm not crazy. I'm meant to be maybe moving into death right now. So how can I over nurture myself? How can I let the dishes pile up for just a minute and no laundry while I actually take a nap or I'm really, you know, aware of my body and how I'm feeling and not trying to be in constant growth. That's the first, I think that's step one for all women, honestly.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And and just to get really practical for women who are listening, um, I think that, um, you know, the logistics of tracking, like, Krista said, you can get an app. A really great one is called flow FLO. Um, and maybe Mm -hmm. if you have any other suggestions, you can add one. Um, but it's really great at tracking, not just like I started my period today, like, which is, you know, on, on a basic level, that's certainly where you start, but you can also track so much more than that. You can track how you feel, you can track what's showing up in your body. You can track all of those things. And then something else I would recommend that I started, I only started doing this a couple months ago and it is so amazing. There is actually, um, a non-linear lunar calendar. Um, and the the lady who created this is, um, it's called the moon is my calendar and I'll I'll put a link in the show notes to it. And Krista, you will freaking love it. Um, you can, you can just get the calendar itself, um, or you can get it with this accompanying journal that kind of takes you through this, this, um, this cycle of, you know, seed intention, you know, release throughout your cycle and you can create these beautiful mandalas. But the calendar itself, which you don't need anything else, you can you can just have that if you want, um, allows you to track your cycle in this really beautiful nonlinear way that actually helps disconnect you from, you know, the Gregorian like seven days a week for weeks a month cycle that is so, so linear. and so, um, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word, but masculine, you know, it's, it's, and it's how yeah. we're used to thinking, right? It's like, I think my period will be here on Sunday. Well, maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Right. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So that is something I highly recommend, especially just to kind of almost like fast track this connection to it, it being a cycle it and it not being something that's lin- linear. I love how you said women are spirals. Um, we there is always more coming, right? Kate Northrup yep, talks congrats. a lot about that. Um, she's a she's an amazing yes. amazing woman author. She just wrote a book called Do Less that's really good, and she talks about how, like you know, if, if we think of our ourselves as linear and time is linear, then we're always afraid we're running out. There's not enough. The day's almost over. But when we change to a cyclical mm-hmm. way of thinking, instead of the day's almost over, it's like there's a new day coming. Right. Mm -hmm. What a powerful I mean, it sounds it sounds almost almost ridiculous, but it's so powerful to make that shift. So I think, you know, I completely agree with you, Krista, that the first step is just connecting with this really, really elemental piece of who
0: we are. Mm hmm there's so many good resources i mean i would i really think everybody should read the healing power of the sacred woman which is christine page's book and i'm actually it's so i'm i can't wait to see that journal because i'm actually developing a journal right okay. now to help women you know move into that cyclical nature Hopefully. and yeah so i, I want to see this one too because maybe yeah. i don't need to develop
1: Well, I'll put, I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. And I'll send it to you. Um, You can, so you can get the, just the calendar even, even, I mean, I would definitely look at it, but, but what you're making sounds amazing. And I think this is something really specific that goes with this, with this particular calendar. Um, So I think that whatever you are coming up with will be really beautiful as well. I'm also going to be launching a, a course um, that, is an adjunct to the coaching that I do. I do what I call womb flow coaching, which is just everything we're talking about. So I think it's, um, you know, we're we're all so many of us are showing up in in this space and saying, hey, hey, women, it doesn't have to look the way it's always looked. Right. Like we can we can yeah. stop seeing our femininity as a limitation.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So good. So how can women find you? What are you up to? What's, what's, you know, if someone listens to this and they're like, I want to connect with Krista, I want to know what she's doing and how I can get involved. Where do they find you?
0: The easiest way is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And my Instagram handle is the.whole.woman, the whole woman. Um, And most everything I run through my Instagram account. So uh, my husband and I, we have a couple of Marriage intensives coming up in October and I think end of August that are about halfway full. And we do practices with couples to practice intimacy, to practice attraction, practice sexual polarity. Um, Because, you know, we read books and we get knowledge in our head and then. Where is a safe container for us to actually practice those in our nervous system? And mm-hmm. you got to practice a lot in your relationship. You have to, you can't just expect for it to happen. So we teach couples to actually practice the things that we wish that we'd learn to practice in the first 10 years. Mm-hmm. And my women's circle right now is closed. Um, but I'm always developing new things for women. And I'm going to be, you know, launching some, some courses on, Bleeding consciously and womb and bloom, and um, there's some things that i'm I've got coming up. I wanted to do a course that aligned one with the virginal energy, one with the mothering energy, one with the crown energy, so that's mm-hmm. my you know my my triangle of the feminine mm-hmm. um, and yeah, probably through my Instagram is the best way to find my website and all of that stuff.
1: okay, awesome. well, that'll also be in the show notes so for anybody listening, you can just uh, check that out and you'll be able to connect with Krista. Thank you so much, lady, for sharing. I think this, you may also end up being the first third guest. <laughs> it feels like there's so much to talk about, which is really exciting. Um, thanks for, love thanks for getting so real with us. I mean, I, your story is is beautiful and also really hard. And I know you've been through a lot in the last few years. And um, the way that you've shown up to that and the way you've been willing to share it is is really beautiful and really inspiring. So thank you for that. Um, so ladies, you can also connect with me on Instagram if you don't already at motherbirth.co and I'll be sharing lots more good stuff like this as well. Um, and more conversations coming up like this on the podcast. So thanks so much for listening today, everyone. Thanks for listening to mother birth, a special thanks to our editors, sponsors, and guests for this week's show. To learn more about working with me one-on-one or in one of my online courses or group programs, connect with me on Instagram at motherbirth.co or at my website, www.motherbirth.co, where you'll also find amazing community conversations and free resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. This show is created by Melissa Reeves, and it is intended as general information that does not constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with a primary care provider with respect to your medical care if you are pregnant, planning to become pregnant, or are in the postpartum period. In this episode, I may use affiliate links to products and services that I know and trust. These are products I have personal experience with and believe that they will benefit this community. When you use these links, Mother Birth receives a small commission. What you pay for the product or service doesn't change at all. It's the same price. If I share something that includes a discount code, I may still receive an affiliate commission without affecting the discount offered to you. Thank you for supporting the show.